Why did people in 1997 think fanny packs looked tough? Shout out to Sergeant Slaughter if he's listening. Thank you for following me. I was just about to say that, so I'll skip it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Attitude Era Wrestling Review Podcast, where tonight we will be reviewing Raw from November 3rd, 1997, folks. That's right. If you look at your Wayback calendars, it is the go-home show for Survivor Series 1997. And let me tell you what, I... We've been looking forward to this, I think, since our first episode, and I can not wait. It's going to be, we're going to have a very special episode for the survival. Well, we'll get to more of that. We'll get to that later. But right now, of course, I am your three-time armchair booker of the year, Drew, and I'm joined, as always, by the man with the velvet vocal cords. Who will join us here in a few minutes? He's stuck in traffic coming back from assignment again. He's out with Vince. But we are not alone tonight. We have a guest. We are joined by Big Nick from the Gag on This Podcast. Nick, how are you this evening? I am doing super. This has been a long time coming. I think I was supposed to come on, what, November of last year? Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Life happens, and... I, I, things happened. It was, it was nothing we could help. And we're glad to have you on fine. Finally, I guess. No, I'm glad to be here, man. Yeah. It's, I just wish we could have not to get it right off or get it out in the open off the bat, but I wish we could have got you for a better episode, but yeah, it is what it is. I guess a lot of yeah, these, I the look at the draw, man. Yeah. A lot of these, I don't, well, if you, as the listeners know that I, would start watching wrestling a week after this show. My very first thing I ever watched was the Raw after Montreal. So this will be about the and I didn't watch Survivor Series. So the next two episodes will be the last things that I've never watched. So it would kind of be interesting to see if I what I remember coming into it. Wait, but, like you 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 started watching wrestling after Montreal? Yeah, funny. Um, I went to class that morning. I was in, in fall eighth grade. I went to was in science class, and the three boys that sat behind me in our on their de- at their table always would talk wrestling, and they'd always ask me questions like, "Hey, did you see Booker T's match last night or something?" I don't, I don't remember. And I'd be like, "Yeah, totally watched it. Sure did. No, yeah, I'm just trying to fit in. You know, be that cool kid. I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah." And I, they obviously know I was talking shit because, you know, I had no idea what I was talking about, but they came in one Monday morning and they were all like, just would not shut up about what happened last night. It's like, Oh my God, did you see what happened? Whoa, blah, what? I mean, of course, you know, it's 1997. We're in eighth grade. We don't know everything yet that happened, but we just knew some, they knew something big had happened, a big title change. And it was weird. And then he destroyed everything, <laughs> you know, but I was like, I come home that night and I'm like, mom, can I watch this wrestling thing? All the kids at school are talking about it. And 
yep. So lo and behold, that was the first night I watched. I'm like, oh, this is fun. I like this. And I watched it for about the next, uh, that was 97, probably about the next four years, like every Monday and eventually Thursday night. I mean, this, those same group of guys become real good friends, and we'd all go over to my friend Matt's house, order the pay-per-view, get some pizza, and watch them all. We'd all chip in a little bit. And I watched it until about I went away to college, and then I kind of just fell off of it until about 2017. So there's a big 16-year gap in my watching. And I started watching about 2017. That lasted maybe about a year, and I'm like, this is getting bad. really stupid (laughs) and then about year almost two years ago well about two years ago i started getting the idea i'm like i want to go back and watch the old stuff and i was talking about arnold and you know like oh man we'd always talk about it like oh man we miss the old stuff and i said you know what let's just record these conversations let's just watch something and that's kind of where the podcast started from and not not the most original idea on the planet but it's just what we like to do i mean why not this we, was this was a trip down memory lane like sincerely thank you for this <laughs> oh no worries um well that brings up our first question we usually ask guests when they first show them what is like your history with um wrestling you're obviously apparently a fan and you've got class because you already told me you're a browns fan so you're very well intelligent and have good class so um, so what is your background with wrestling? Like, when did you start watching it and things like that? So I started watching it probably 80, I want to say 89, 89, 90, um, watched it really heavily, watched it all the way up until the attitude era. And then we'll get into well, we'll get into this episode, but this episode is sort of the reason why I stopped watching it. Um, but like, I remember the best thing I ever saw was that hell in a cell match with mankind and undertaker. Like that was the only pay-per-view we ever bought. And that match to me is still like pardon on just the best match. If anybody ever wants to watch anything wrestling, I always gear them towards that. And I'm like, this is what wrestling is. Yeah, that oh, I'm a ooh, I remember that. We've actually got three Canadian girls coming back on just for that episode. They were on a couple of weeks ago. They don't watch wrestling at all, and I said we've got to have you back. We're gonna do like a live watch along, and I told them don't look it up, don't you know, don't Google it, and just I want to watch the reaction of what? Yeah, uh, so oh man, that the the jr soundbite i mean oh my god he is broken in half and oh that's that's selling that's an announcer selling something so perfectly that it's insane and then just take her not breaking character at all just standing up there like i don't give a damn if he's dead (laughs) yeah stop the damn match oh yeah it's it's so perfect now now but you have really got my curiosity because now i want to know what caused you to stop and don't don't spoil it here we'll get to it we'll get to it but all right well we i think we sat around and stalled for a few minutes arnold's still not here so oh well you know we'll move on 
So, all right, so we're in Hershey, Pennsylvania tonight for the Go Home Show. And we start out with good old, speaking of, good old JR and Mr. Jim Cornette on commentary tonight, which is a little different because we've never had that different commentary team on the first hour to the second hour. This is kind of a new thing they're trying out, and the other show does it every week pretty much, ironically, except for this week. No, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are because Cornette, I love the guy. Amazing when it comes to wrestling knowledge, amazing matchmaker. Announcer, not so much. Uh, yeah, for this, yeah, he's not my favorite announcer of all. Like, I'm not saying he's bad at it, but I when it comes with him and Jr. <sighs> I don't know what it is. It just, they don't gel well together. Now, him, the very first few, I think it's the first two episodes of Smoky Mountain, he did it with Bob Cottle. And I thought that worked really well. Um, Probably better than Cottle and, well, much better than Cottle. And, oh, can I think of his name? Dutch Mantel. Uh, that was much better than Cottle Mantel. But anyway, yeah, you can tell I, I, I love some Smoky Mountain wrestling and wish it was all on the network instead of just some Jericho matches, but whatever. I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. <laughs> not bitter at all. No. Um, but yeah, like his wrestling mind, there is nobody on the planet probably that knows more. Hell, he'll forget more in the next five minutes than I'll ever know. And he doesn't forget a lot. Oh, what? What you think about him, the way he treats new stuff, I agree with probably about 85% of what he says. And I think, but we're not, we won't go there. But as an announcer, no, he's not my, not my personal favorite. Definitely not on this show either. And it kind of, kind of shows that I'm wondering, was this something that just was planned at the last minute? And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're announcing. Here's the format. I can oh. see that. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, here I go. Yeah, I could totally. That's ah, uh, just kind of my thoughts on it. Well, yeah, he just I, I don't know. Like I said, love the guy, but just I think I think he nailed it. They don't gel like a like a um, Jerry the King and Jr. Like they don't gel like that at all. No, King and uh, King and Jr. is the just like i don't know if they caught lightning in a bottle or what and folks i want to go ahead and say this i do believe i am right with this that this will be the and vince will show up in hour number two (coughs) pardon me i'm trying to get over the sinus infection um vince will show up in hour number two and i do believe this is the last week of vince mcmahon on commentary full-time because for obvious reasons for yeah for reasons we'll get i mean everybody knows hell because vince is gonna become the greatest heel on the planet yep and i've said since the podcast vince mcmahon is a great promoter ruthless businessman great heel when it came to it and for what he was he wasn't the worst performer in the ring i, w- I mean was he great no but would, could he do what he had to do yeah he could take a bump he could Whatever. Say what you want about him. The man took some pretty decent bumps. 
but on commentary, oh my god, he was god awful. I couldn't. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't great. Well, I mean, you know, um, the how this started out, like him, his ring presence. Vince is the wherewithal he has. Like, I don't know if we want to talk about that later, but just the way he was sort of going back and forth when um, oh, what's his name? It was Ahmed Johnson came out and he kept, you know, and all the refs came out and he kept saying with the mic down low, you, you watch him, you make sure he doesn't do anything. And it's like that presence that Vince has. Oh, so good. Yeah. Vince got it. Vince and people, I know now, especially with like the last three or four years. And I think Vince lost it, like lost his damn mind. Yeah. But back then and now, Vince could just about wow, never mind. I can't say I was gonna say he could do no wrong, but in the last year and a half I've seen dentists and fake diesel, fake razor. There's misses. But we've also seen Sean versus Brett, this whole thing that they've kept them apart for 18 months. That's insane. Mm -hmm. When you've got those two, and then yes, Brett was going for about eight months of that. So, uh, yeah, about six months of that doing Lonesome Dove. But still, for Brett to be back a year and to keep them apart for a year is booking genius to build yeah. up to this one match. And JR said it, and nobody really realized it at the time. He promoted this match as probably the last time ever because. Brett was getting a what 10 year contract in WCW. Mm-hmm. They knew this was going to be the last time that because Vince wasn't going to let Shawn Michaels go. He, he, he just wasn't. He, and I think we, well, we'll get on that later. Prove that how much he would do to keep Shawn Michaels from going to WCW, but he proved over and over that he had a great mind and he could do it but just on commentary he was god awful yeah oh oh wait 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 is it is it i think it is Arnold, the man with the velvet vocal cords is here. Welcome back. How was curtain hanging? Oh, it was a blast. Not a euphemism. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, whoops. Fun indeed. I don't even know if that's PG. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) By the way, Arnold, I I have a soundboard now. Yay. Anywho, um, Arnold, Nick, Nick, Arnold. Hey. Hello. Yep. Welcome back from curtain hanging. Um, we're talking about how Vince sucks on commentary, and we're happy that this is the last week of it. Or at least that I am. Awesome. I, I can't wait till we just get week after week of JR and King. Or no. J yeah, JR and King. So I'm really happy about that. Uh, well, since you're here, I'll tell you what. Let's just go ahead and ring the bell, and let's jump into this 
WWF Raw from 11-3-97. All right, so we start out hot tonight. Soon as the show comes on, we pretty much hear glass breaking and Mr. Pissed Off Texans comes to the ring with Vince McMahon in the ring. And he proceeds to, oh, by the way, folks, there is a lot of just interviews in the ring, talking, and there's not a whole lot of in-ring action on this go-home show. But we'll get through it. We'll find things or other things to talk about. Wow. We'll still be entertaining more than this show was. Uh, it cuts a promo on Owen. Um, Stone Cold has, and Vince noticed that he has pissed off the nation, Ahmed Johnson, and the Hart Foundation. All within the last three weeks. Why? Because there ain't nobody in hell going to beat Owen for the title but him. Which, I realized looking at this, he keeps screwing up everybody out of beating Owen. How weak does Owen look right now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Owen would have lost that title three weeks in a row if it wasn't for Stone Cold. Whacking Farouk in the face with the belt. Screwing Ahmed Johnson and was there another one or am I just pulling another one out of my ass? I don't remember. Maybe it was just two. Still, whatever. Still looks pretty weak in my eyes. Um, speaking of people he's pissed off, here comes Mumblemouth Ahmed Johnson and the refs follow out. And why did people in 1997 think fanny packs look tough? Man, there's the famous picture. I was of the just going to bring this up. There's a famous picture of The Rock. Here comes Ahmed Johnson with one. Oh my God. Fanny packs did not look tough. They, uh, that's what you give a middle schooler who's going on a field trip, not a 325 pound man with so many muscles. He has to keep rubber bands on them. Huh. Um, so well, what's what's crazy is he had hella like 1990s dad vibes with the fanny pack, the tucked in shirt that was way too tight, his jeans that were perfectly creased. Right. That's, not, that's not the Ahmed Johnson I remember. <laughs> well, that's the Ahmed Johnson I'd rather remember. Uh, <laughs> uh, as soon as he gets down, <laughs> we get the Austin chant started, of course. Um, Ahmed Johnson challenges Stone Cold to a match tonight and I do believe I'm right, Arnold. You've been watching this with me. This, I do believe, is the first time where we get to hear the phrase and the call back from the audience. If you want Stone Cold to fill in blank, give me a hell yeah, because he did that tonight. And that's the first time I do believe we've heard that. And it worked like gangbusters. I believe so. Yeah, it looked, yet. Yeah, it looked, worked like gangbusters the first time he used it. Because as soon as he said, if you want to see Stone Cold whoop all Matt Johnson's ass, give me a hell yeah. And the crowd just, hell yeah. I mean, like, whoa, wow. They learned that quick. So <laughs> another milestone moment in the attitude era here tonight. But overall, this was, I mean, obviously looking down through this quote unquote card is how I think we had to start the show. Um, there's really only two other matches of consequence on this whole thing really and i'm throwing that word out pretty loosely tonight um i actually <laughs> did grade these tonight because there's just nothing else if not it's going to be whole crap why um this was an a way to start the show to me 
stone cold out yapping. Somebody comes out, gets in his face. He verbally beats the hell out of him. And we get a match with stone cold quote unquote tonight. Um, Nick, what'd you think about this one? Um, I gave it a B and I was teetering between a B and a C. And like we were talking about earlier, the thing that brought me to a B was um, Vince's ring presence. Him, when everyone came out, him just like keep pointing back at Stone Cold and telling the refs like, you you watch him. You make sure he doesn't do anything. And then, you know, talking to Ahmed, interviewing Ahmed, he sees Stone Cold move a little bit. And he's like, you, you better be watching him. That's what brought it to a B for me. Yep. Arnold? Well, I mean, at the at this juncture in the WWE, WWF, whatever you want to call it, F, where, how else were you going to start this show? Considering the card, where super, how else were you going to start the show? Uh, super Loco versus Aguila, who? Aguila, who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shut your damn mouth. I mean, mouth. Super Loco. Exactly. Super Loco learns a little bit of English and becomes super crazy later on, but I don't yeah. know who you are right now. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. This is the way we had to start the show. And I don't remember. God, I can't remember. Have we done this Nitro yet? I don't think so. No, no, God, no. I'm still looking at the notes in that damn cage match. Uh, so I don't know what Nitro opened with tonight, but I can guarantee what it is. It's going to be Hogan and Bischoff standing in the ring. Because <sighs> that's the way it always is, right? Was that was NWO, WCW at that time? There's Nitro starting, folks. Yeah, soundboard fun. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> um, yeah, this is NWO. We're a few months ahead of... Uh, well, we're about a month ahead of Starcade. Month mm-hmm. About a month and a half ahead of Starcade. So, with... Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. So, yeah. Um, did you grade this one at all, Arnold? Oh, this one for me got an A. Because, I mean, anytime Austin says, if you want to see Stone Cold do whatever Stone Cold wants to do, give me a hell yeah. Come on. Sorry. I'm I'm still, I'm going to have a big sinus infection, big, a bad sinus infection this week. So trying to get over that. So if I go silent all of a sudden, it's because I'm coughing or blowing my nose. One of the two. Which I'll try not to do on air too much, but you never know. All right. Well, we move on to that aforementioned match. Super Loco versus this highly touted Mexican luchador Aguila in a mask. And this is a first round matchup for the light heavyweight tournament. And my very first note is that Aguila guy looks a lot like S.A. Rios. I noticed that too. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hmm. If they took the mask off of him. Um, this match had Brian Christopher on commentary. Um, 
Uh, one thing I did notice that this match, I don't think either of these two had spent much time in a WWF ring instead of a Mexican slash anything with tight cables and actual ropes that have spring to them because I was afraid one of them was going to break their neck trying some kind of springboard move because those things were, I don't know if they didn't tighten them enough or what, but they were like boxing set level saggy. Jeez Louise. Yeah, it was, I was, I was afraid of it. Um, that was basically my only note other than, nope, that was pretty much my only note. This was a Lucha as a hell match. And we talked about it on our last WCW review that I'm, that the WCW guys are learning to adopt the Lucha style for an American audience. Like there is some storytelling, there's some selling. It's not just move, counter move, counter move, 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 100 miles an hour back and forth, fly everywhere, hit everything you know, you know, just a modern day Bucks match. <sighs> but more talented. But anywho, these two haven't learned that yet. They're still doing exactly what I just said, just moves for moves' sake. And it did not hit home with me as well as like a let's see oh last week on wcw we got to see ray mysterio versus dean malenko yeah that was amazing this not so much the only good part about this was brian christopher on commentary and that laugh oh i've got i just realized that i have got to get find that laugh for the soundboard god that makes me laugh every time i hear it love it <laughs> um but this one just didn't do much for me, and it's going to get a C. It was there. It was, I mean, they tried to get the crowd hot for a quick type of match like WCW does, but they just don't have the talent that WCW has in that division. And that's why, even though it's the light heavyweight tournament, it never sticks out or becomes anything important. All right. What do you think of this one, Nick? So I gave this match um a d and the only reason it's not an f is because of brian christopher um his commentary and i'll tell you right now the fur this match was so boring i was taking notes on the commentary <laughs> and i believe it was jr was like agula 19 years old that is a hard 19 if that guy is 19 years old <laughs> like i'm sorry dude there when he said that i I actually Googled and I was like, I gotta, I gotta see if this is true. Sure enough, dude's 19. That's, that's bad. Wow. That's, and then, yeah, it, I mean, oof. but then one thing, and maybe you guys can help me out with this. I was watching it. Was Super Loco messing up on purpose? Cause like he tried to jump out of the ring and then he got tied up and then you got Brian Christopher laughing. So there's your soundbite number one. But then he got Aguilar up on the root or up on the uh, whatever they're called things on the side. Turnbuckle. I got a brain. Fart. There you go. And he tried to jump and he completely missed him. Like, I, I mean, what do you guys think? Was it on purpose or was he just that bad? <laughs> I think those were just botches. I really do. Yep. Uh, 
And uh, my one thought about that was, damn. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> this guy's name Super Loco. Uh, just a few letters, change it around. That guy could be Super Callow. And if any of anybody remembers him from WCW, oh my God, he was terrible. He was a human botch machine. It was, ugh. but um, yeah, watch. yeah, yeah, it was painful. And this was too. Um, I I totally think it was botches. I don't think that was supposed to be on purpose. No, That's there was sad. no way. No way. Because, I mean, I, this one was, I mean, I gave it a D as well. And, yeah, was, and most of it had to do really with what you had spoke on. You know, like, you can watch WCW and seeing a better quality of matches with smaller guys. And, I mean, we're what? Two weeks removed from this point from Ray versus Eddie at Halloween Havoc. Right around two weeks out. And it's like, okay, well, we're having this light heavyweight tournament. It's working in WCW, so we're going to do it here. I mean, from the looks of it, WCW got all the guys that looks like they at least would be willing to put in the work. (laughs) They did. Yeah, they got all the good talent. Exactly. And... I was like, this is one of those things where it's like, well, we got to do this to catch up because the cruiserweight division in WCW is getting over. And so we got to do something about it. And I, I, I mean, the best explanation is you're just kind of finding guys who, well, you speak some Spanish. How do you look in a mask? You want to wrestle? And <laughs> <laughs> then how the AW roster was put together? <laughs> Burn. Ah, oh, yeah. So this, I don't think nobody liked this one. Apparently, I liked it a little better than you all, and maybe that's just because I'm a giant Brian Christopher Mark. But then we have a Gold Dust interview that, quite frankly, I don't care. I don't even care if we talk about it. It was dumb. It was stupid. This had Russo bullshit written all over it about their marriage and falling apart. Don't care. I know they're trying to salvage gold dust after the whole um, him, Marlena, and oh, why's my mind going blank? Uh, I keep wanting to say Brian Christopher. That's not who. That's who we just talked about. The guy that um, that died. Pillman. Pillman. Brian Pillman. That's it. Not Christopher. Brian Pillman. They're trying to salvage that whole angle. Just take take gold dust off TV for a couple weeks bring him back and never mention it again but Mm no we have to go with all this and i quite frankly just don't give a damn at all does anybody really need to talk about this the only thing i need to mention is i have never heard jr use the word rape so much except in reference to this interview yes i mean he said it a lot (laughs) and here's what i was thinking in my head shut your damn mouth every time he said it (laughs) (sighs) yeah it was it was bad um cringy is a good word for it stupid um (sighs) move on yeah we'll move on um so ahmed johnson comes out and cornet loses his mind because does nobody read a damn format ah this isn't (laughs) supposed to be here 
But so apparently we're getting Stone Cold versus Ahmed Johnson right now. Except, nope. Lights out. Enter. <sighs> so we know what that means. Here comes Kane. He's pissed. He wants his brother. Uh, so he gets a choke slam on to, uh, Ahmed. Two tombstones. Mankind comes out, puts the mandible claw on Paul Bearer, smashes Kane with the supposed to be like it was something metal it was like the ring ring um hooks and posts or something but when he hit him with it 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 bit into which it was obviously made of rubber or clay or something and painted to look metal because no <laughs> last time i checked Kane uh, glenn jacobs is still alive so that wasn't really metal. I'm not, I mean, I know it's suspend your disbelief a little bit, but damn, I love this whole thing. Oh, and Kane just sits right up from it in like all 15 seconds. So, yeah. And you know what happened when Kane got hit with that? Yeah, um, I love this. I was all ready for Ahmed. Oh, all right. That's you want to do it all together? Or you just want to end there and do that part. Talk about that part first before we get to the next part. Sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll do. It. Yeah, we'll separate it. So, I love this. This was perfect to me. The crowd gets up. Yeah, we're gonna get Stone Cold Ahmed in the middle of the. Oh shit! Back down we go. Then they bend that thing over his face. Okay, pretty cool. Lots of pyro here. It's Kane. Oh shit! He just sat up. This guy's somebody we need to. He's he's gonna be forced to reckon with. They're they're smashing him over, and he's never been in a match yet. So he will be this Sunday when it's Kane versus Mankind. But we'll see where that goes. But I love this. This whole introduction of Kane to me has been a home run since he ripped the door off the hell in the cell, um, tombstone, the take undertaker and just showing up randomly on raw and just choke slamming tombstoning whoever the hell it is. And ah, this has just been the way you get, this is the way you get just smash somebody over. I love it. I love every bit about this. And this gets this gets an A for me, even though it was absolutely kind of nothing. But I just loved it. And I did I mention that I love this match? Or not match? <laughs> Whatever the hell it was. It yeah, this gets an A for me. What about you, Nick? Same. I mean, for me, Raw Attitude Era isn't complete unless mankind makes an appearance. And the <laughs> the storyline of Undertaker, Paul Bear, Paul Bear, Mankind, Paul Bear, Kane. That whole storyline is like my childhood. Um, so this completely got an A from me. And um, the one thing that I think was funny is um, in certain angles, you can, you can, do you, did you guys know that Paul Bear, I forgot his, his old name. Percy Pringle. Yeah, with bright blonde hair. 
Yes, I yes, it's creepy. <laughs> oh, every time I see that, I just picture him with blonde hair. But that's neither here nor there. The match A, A plus in my book. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm I'm inclined to agree here. Like this is one of those things, you know, here comes Ahmed Johnson. You're like, oh, okay, well, they're doing this match in hour one. This should be interesting, or everything's gonna go downhill. Why is everything red? Oh, it's Kane. Mankind? Thank you for sparing us this. It'd have been nice to see Austin on TV, but Ahmed, come on, guys. But um, nah, this was fun for what it was. The crowd was into it. I was into it. And Mankind's fingers were into Paul Bear's throat. Everything was great. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but this match, like, got me reinvested because you had all the interviews you had the very first you know kind of match kind of just jump around then you had another interview but then this came on and i was like all right i'm emotionally invested again yeah this was perfect so far i don't like the fact that we're not getting like lots of matches but i like the structure of the format so far the Stone Cold, the beginning, the kind of nothing match second. The Gold Dust thing I could do with that. I'm going to count that as your low point again. And then you come back with this. This is just absolute perfect to me. And you know what, though? My God, it gets better. It gets better just right after this. Mm-hmm. So let's just go ahead and jump in on that. So... With Ahmed Johnson taken out, I guess he's done for the night. Stone Cold says, you know what? I'm back, bitches. Comes back to the ring. Comes down. Grabs the mic from the ring announcer and says, you know what? Open challenge to any of those mofos in the back. Just bring it on down. I'll come. I'll kick whoever's ass comes down there. So, who comes down? But the... Nation of Domination says, you know what? First, you know who wanted to get in the ring? Do you smell what the rock is cooking? And Ahmed went, no. You got your, you've, you've got the stunner. No. Comma, you go get your big ass down there and you beat the shit out of some redneck white boy. But that's not quite what happens. <laughs> oh, he goes down, gets in the ring. And just at the perfect time, the nation gets jumped from the back by the road warriors. Kama turns on and says, what? Then turns back around. Stunner, Stone Cold leaves, laughing his ass off. And again, no match for Stone Cold. So we tease it, we tease it, we tease it. And oh, well, we're told early in, the, early in the broadcast, earlier than what they should have, that Brett, Owen, and... Oh, Brett and Owen aren't here. They're home in Canada. So don't expect any run-ins from them. But this, this actually gets another A for me. This wasn't a very good show, but what we got was good. I don't know how to explain it. Overall, I don't like the taste that leaves in your mouth when there's not a whole lot of in-ring action for a wrestling show. But the stuff they're doing is just freaking gold 
I man, look who is look who it is. It's Austin. It's Kane. It's Austin. It's not. Oh, we don't have our big names, so let's throw. I don't know. Savio Vega versus. Um, I don't care. Anywho, we'll get that later. That comes later. But this, I don't know what I'm trying to say is, God, I can figure out what I'm trying to say. Arnold, tell me what you think while I figure out what the hell I'm trying to say. Uh, Okay. I was trying to figure out a way to interpret what you're saying. I don't and think I mean, there is. Realistically, it makes sense. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Does it make sense? I mean, yeah, there hasn't, I mean, there's been only, what, one actual match in hour one? And it was a, a match that no one cared about. Everything else has been your top guys or guys toward the top. Whether they like, even though it hasn't been in ring action, we've seen these guys and they have, and for the most part, been physical with one another in some way, shape, or form. And the, with the exception of really maybe the Gold Dust interview up to this point, everything has a reason to be happening since. We'll be seeing these folks face off at Survivor Series. So, like for me, as far as all of that goes, everything from that point makes sense. Um, I will say, yeah, a little more in-ring action would have been nice. But with what we're getting, and especially with this being your last big segment of the hour, I'm probably not flipping the channel. Let's put it that way. Like it was like, oh, they ended with this going on. Oh, I can't. I, we gotta, we gotta stay up for war zone. See what's gonna happen. That would have been a mistake. <laughs> All right, I think. I, In retrospect, yes. I completely forgot the point I was trying to make. So Nick, you go ahead and say something coherent because apparently I can't. Um, I mean, this gotta, this gotta be because, you know, it's like, um, it's like you said, I. I was enticed and I was like, Ooh, is this going to lead into something in the next hour? Is this going to be like, are we going to see a culmination of things? Which I mean, the vibe I got from this whole thing is it's merely just a setup to what's going to be happening the upcoming weekend, which it really was in a great way too. But yeah, this whole interaction, uh, got to be for me. Um, Especially, I'm I'm always a fan of seeing Rock, you know, The Rock when he was Rocky Maivia. Like, I'm always a fan of that. So, I mean, yeah. And then, I don't know about you. When I when I see Kama, I don't see Kama. I see The Godfather. Like, I just, when I saw him, I was like, I was like, no, that, I completely forgot that he was Kama Mustafa. I thought he was just always like The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not get into um, Papa Shango. Charles Wright played a lot of characters. Yeah, a little bit. But yeah, oh, that's right, Arnold. This was the end of hour one. So you know what that means? You know what it's time for? I think I do. He did a little bit of music. Oh, no, that's right. It's hour number two. It's time for the war zone. I need to get like some kind of guns going off uh, for that. But no, we get 
What the hell does that say? MC. Michael Cole. Michael Cole. Yeah. Oh, I forgot we got Michael Cole. That's what that was. <laughs> like, who the hell's MC? Like, Hammer? No. Michael Cole with Shawn Michaels and Rick Rude. And I love Rude comes out and calls a bunch of Pennsylvania piss ants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. That's cold. I love every time. Rude could come out every show and do the whole, I want you fat, lazy, out of shape, got men to sit down, and I would eat it up every freaking week. It makes me sad to know that next week is the last week we're going to get to hear on this program. <sighs> but more on that later. Um, DX comes out, so I got obligated to do this. Bow to the masters. Oh, they take shots at WCW and the age in the cage. <laughs> oh, have you ever seen that match, Nick? The age in the cage between no. H- Hogan and Piper in 1997. Oh, that- yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. We had to review that cluster oh it was so bad oh Ugh. anywho every time i think about it I just cringe they're making fun of that uh sean michaels wants ken shamrock next week on raw and here comes sergeant chin and this is the famous spot where michaels and trips put on their face shields no, 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 that's that's not enough. Still getting spittle. Go back and attach the little wipers on them, and it's juvenile. It is absolutely stupid, and I freaking love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Chin comes down and says, you know what? You can have Ken Shamrock on Raw tonight for the main event. Yes, yeah, the main event. Just making sure you never know with this show. So, I mean, this is another segment. This one didn't get a high grade for me. I gave it about a B minus because it was mainly just juvenile humor, which only goes so far with me. It was funny. Don't get me wrong, but it was a little overboard. I mean, if you want to do the face shields, that's fine. But then the wiper, yes, it's funny, but it just took a little too long for me. Um, other than that, blah. Uh, what about you, Nick? I gave it a C. Um, I mean, really, for me, the best part was Sergeant Slaughter. Shout out to Sergeant Slaughter if he's listening. Thank you for following me. I appreciate that, sir. I mean, you follow everybody, but still. Yay. No, no, he doesn't. He won't follow us. Really? Well, it's probably because I refer to him as Sergeant Chin, but still. Yeah, that's probably not going to go over very well. I mean, I don't put that on Twitter. If he hears that, he has to listen to the show, which, hey, if you're listening, thanks, Sarge. <laughs> I mean, it's kayfabe. I mean, hell, he sat here and let these two braid the hell out of him. But anywho, I'll, yeah, Sergeant Slaughter's awesome. Always have thought he was great. But yeah, that's a, a, it was it was low grade. I pref- I honestly enjoyed the addition of the wiper blades myself. Um, I thought that was pretty funny, and that's that's why I got you know a C. To each their own. What about you, Arnold? This one got a B for me. 
um, you know, as a um, consumer of the art that is professional wrestling. I know that I'm not going to walk into the Louvre one year and see a portrait of Shawn Michaels and Triple H doing the suck it pose, you know, next to the Mona Lisa. <laughs> so, like, for me, this is, I mean, for the most part, like, this is what it's all about. Like, not saying you can't be smart and also be a wrestling fan, not saying all wrestling fans are dumb. We're all dumb. But I wouldn't uh, speak for yourself. I wouldn't, um, you know, like for me, like the lowbrow stuff. Like, I mean, let's face it, putting the little wiper blades, hilarious. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, it, it's lowbrow. And I'm okay with that. You know, it, it's pro wrestling. Like, it's one of those things where the, the, the people involved are supposed to be. You notice I'm ignoring you, right? But uh, people <laughs> are supposed to be larger than life anyway. <laughs> so basically, let them have fun. More to come on that. Agree. I mean, we're all not stupid. Just me. Well, I thought you were. I thought you were going to do the whole flip me off thing as you scratch your nose there. Oh, I just done that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just for you listening at home, folks, he did just flip me off. All right. <laughs> so, Arnold, you know how excited I am for the next match? Oh, dude. Second second top draw of the company is in the next match, dude. That's right. And speaking of that, I am. I have to play her new, her new theme song. Did you know it was? Did you know she got a new theme song? Mm-mm. It's this one. ah it's that talentless plastic bitch back again now yeah she'll never follow me on twitter because i will degrade her that talentless hoe bag every chance i get second biggest draw in the attitude error my ass (laughs) oh i got told that on twitter one time like by many, many people that she was the second biggest draw of the Attitude Era. Let that sink in. It was Stone Cold, then Sable, then people like The Rock, Mick Foley, The Undertaker, Triple H, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, The Outsiders, Goldberg. S.A. Rios. <sighs> well, I think they may be correct only in the way that this match started. As far as Attitude Era goes, then I could see why they would say second biggest. Because we did see a little bit of Sable we shouldn't have. Touche. That, well, I've never, I will never doubt or. I will, you know, she sold t-shirts, she sold merch, but that's, she sells merch. If you want to talk about being a draw, that is selling pay-per-views and your TV program. How many people, how many people were buying this pay-per-view coming up going, oh my God, I've got to watch Sable on this summer or Survivor Series 1997. 
Yeah. The highest she was ever on a pay-per-view card was never the main event, never the match before the main event. She was on the match before the match before the main event was the highest she ever got on a card. And what did she do? Showed off her hand-painted boobies. That's attitude error for you, man. That's attitude <laughs> error, but I will debate the word second biggest draw till the day I die. <laughs> uh, anywho. Seems we touched a nerve. Oh, oh, there's an exposed nerve. So anyway, yeah, Mark Merrow comes out with that talentless suck hole at his side. Actually, she's in front of him because they're doing the whole angle where she's more important than him. Uh, anywho, um, versus Savio Vega. Um, this goes back and forth. I gave two shits less. Savio Vega tells the ref, hey, look at Sable. She tried to slap me, yada, yada, yada. Uh, when he does, Marrow's like, screw it. Low blow. Match over. TKO, one, two, three. He wins by crook. I uh, did not give a damn about this match at all. This had no bearing on anything other than, oh, Marrow's an asshole now. Oh, Sable's more important. He doesn't like it. Don't let her talk to the announcer. Bye. This could have been time could have been given to anything else. Just show me one of the toilets in the back of the Hershey Center, and I would have been happy and just <laughs> looked at it for a while. Um, it gets a C just because it was there. It was, thank God, short, and I didn't have to listen to Sable talk. That was a, This was an F until they pulled the mic out of her face. Because that's another thing. Everyone's like, oh, my God, put her in the Hall of Fame. Put her in the Hall of Fame. And let me ask you a question. Honestly, yes, yes, you've touched the nerve, and it's exposed, and I'm going to let it fully hang out. Because people's like, oh, my God, she needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, do you remember that great Sable match? Which one? <laughs> Name one. <laughs> oh, no, I can't at all, actually. Do you remember that great Sable promo she had? No. I'm out. What else did she do? <laughs> she showed cleavage. That's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. She showed her tits in Playboy and, oh, my God, Hall of Fame. Woo! <laughs> Shut your damn mouth. <sighs> Shut up, bitch. <sighs> and you know what I think to people, you know what I want to say to people who say put her in the Hall of Fame? You mark. You mark. <laughs> now that definitely gets a I don't even know if that's PG. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm angry. That makes just seeing that stupid face of hers. She was nothing. The best thing of her, I came out of a bottle. <laughs> to steal Tony Stark's line. Ah, oh, but anywho, anywho, um, yeah, this match gets a C. Back to it. It was nothing special in the ring. It was just to get Mark Marrow. He's a heel now. Okay, 
Um, let's just beat Savio Vega like a drum because I don't think we've seen him win in months. But, I mean, he's in Los Bariquas. So, cool. Um, All right, what do you think about this one, Nick, after all my ranting and ram- raving? I mean, it got a C just because it, it broke up the monotony of interviews in the ring. That was It was just a match. I did think it was funny that you hear the announcer say, 20-minute time limit. It's like, yeah, like the WWF is going to let a match go 20 minutes between these two. <laughs> yeah, I think even people realized that in 1997. <laughs> yeah. All right, Arnold, what did you think? You gave him 20 minutes. They only needed three. Um, this has seemed kind of like a procedural order of things. It's like, well, we haven't had a match in a while. Let's give him a match. Hey, Mark Merrill's a bad guy and he's mean to Sable. Okay. This is, I gave it a C because it was a match. Makes him a face in my book. I don't want, anyway. (laughs) All right, so let's move on from the talentless suckhole. And let's go to Vader versus the British Bulldog in a dog collar match. Why? Arnold, do you remember, it's been a while ago, where that's when we about when we first started, like mid-summer of 1996, where they just kept having this bullshit of let's just film a house show and call it a Raw? Yep. Ring does this ring a bell? A little bit, yeah. Think of it. I just because that just popped in my head. A random dog collar match. I mean, yes, these two are like the captains of the Survivor Series team, but why a dog collar match? Right. Um, Ken Shamrock versus Shawn Michaels for for the main event, which I know. No Bret Hart or Owen Hart anywhere on this card. Nope. I just realized this whole second hour is nothing but a damn house show they filmed. And I'd be. Sounds like it. It looks like it. If you think about it. Super Loco versus Aguila. I just whole damn thing is just a house show, isn't it? With some stuff sprinkled (laughs) in that they could put on raw. Son of a ah. Damn, damn, damn. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta click this because I don't know what it is. Well, oh. <laughs> well. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> uh Yay. Um, yeah, this is sorry, that made me laugh because I needed that because that really just pissed me off. This is just a house show. <laughs> they hadn't done that in a while, at least not one this bad that I figured it out. Right. All right. So anyway, Vader versus Bulldog <laughs> in a random dog collar house show match. Uh, we find out the Patriot tore his triceps and will not be on the Survivor Series team, he'll be replaced by who knows? Question mark. Um, starts off with Team Canada attacking Vader. 
Uh, Vader wins the match. It's a standard dog collar match. No, pardon me, nothing special. Team Canada jumps Vader again. And this guy comes through the crowd and just starts absolutely whipping some ass. And that looked a lot like the lethal weapon Steve Blackman, didn't it? It was obviously a fan. Oh, yeah. So we're doing that like WCW did it <laughs> at Halloween Havoc? Mm-hmm. Totally a fan because I'm pretty sure you don't take bumps for fans. Uh, but whatever. Um, yeah. This one, C-plus for me, it was bah, nothing special. I just couldn't figure out why the hell it was a dog collar match. But now I kind of get it. Feel free, somebody, to tell me what's. Oh, well, I guess I'm the host. Ah, uh, Nick, you're the guest. <laughs> Sorry, I, was... I mean, I, I, I gave it a B. Like, granted, the whole dog collar aspect. I mean, that was that was a little odd. Um, and then the addition of they have to t- they have to hit the turnbuckles, all four of them in succession. I was like, well, that's a that's a random caveat to add on to it. But then. The thing that brought it up for me was the fan at the end coming in, you know, and Vader stepping on him and like trying to huddle him. And then he gets escorted off because one that brought me back to being a kid. And I was like, Oh my God, I got to watch next week. I got to see who this mysterious fan is. Like, I was like, Ooh, I actually had to look it up. Cause I was like, I, I want to see what, you know, storyline this goes down. But I also, the thing that stopped me from giving it an A is because during this time I watched both Raw and WCW and I felt the the addition of a fan coming in and doing something was very WCW because that that was like their their thing for a long time was oh you know anything can happen people can come from the fans you know you'll have who was it was it X-Pac was randomly just sitting in the stands one day and he was a ticket and then he just went in and started wrestling like that, that brought it down to a B to me, but the fan thing. Oh, it's just so good. (laughs) All right. Arnold, what'd you think? I got to get that. Um, This is going to be minus for me. Um, For me, it was one of those things, you know, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen Vader on TV. So that's been exciting. Um, I didn't even know Furnace and LaFon were still with the company. <laughs> yeah. Being honest. So that was notice, kind of a shock. Yeah, notice I didn't even bring that part up. Like on top of an, that, it's there's an Oklahoman that, uh, on Team Canada. I was just about to say that, so I'll skip it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, like uh that's the thing. Yeah, Doug Furnace is from Oklahoma. Why is he on Team Canada? Because reasons, I guess. But on top of that, the the fan who will later become known as Steve Blackman was there too and it's like they're pushing that karate fighter sponsorship very hard (laughs) (laughs) whoa what why did it start playing well that happened sorry it started playing all by itself i didn't hit anything (laughs) would have been great if that was like a sable sound bite and you didn't even know it I'll fix it in the post. <laughs> no, I won't. Sorry, go ahead, Arnold. Scared um, the hell out of me. It was loud. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, karate fighters. I was like, I guess they're coming for us. Um, 
So are those even still a thing? Probably. I mean, those things are timeless. But I mean, that was the thing. Is just like, okay, so this dude just likes karate fighters that much that he learned the martial arts and decided I'm going to try this out on wrestlers. And they took they took the bumps. Yeah, that was the part that got me. <laughs> they, they took the bumps. All right, well, let's move on to our next match. It is the not yet named, but I will use it because they're my second favorite tag team of all time. The New Age Outlaws versus Los Barriquas. Um, I don't know which two. It'd be the other two not named Savio Vega. Um, not real important. Uh, let's see. We were told the Legion of Doom, aka the Road Warriors, were escorted out of the building. Great. Um, the New Age Outlaws win. Billy Gunn hits a splash while the elite while he's not tagged in, throws Road Dog on one of the Bariquas. And end of match. I didn't care about this. I love these two. I didn't care. This was a nothing throwaway house show match. Blah. C. <laughs> what about you, Nick? <laughs> I mean, I gave it a C. I didn't think it was just blah C. Um, one thing I... I did find funny is um, you can definitely tell it was the attitude era, the way they were yelling a specific word at a uh, badass Billy Gunn. I don't know if you guys caught what the word was. I'm not about to say it lest I get canceled, but you can definitely tell it was a, a nineties war zone kind of show with that. Um, I must've missed it. Oh, seriously? Yeah, they uh they were shouting it from the rafters, man. Uh but it 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 just went, you know, I'm I was more of a fan when um Billy Gunn and Road Dog were like in DX versus them just a generic tag team duo. So I got to see. Yeah. They really seem to be phoning it in with these matches tonight. Because, like, I mean, so far, none of the in-ring stuff we've seen tonight has really set the world on fire. And it seems like, well, everybody else is busy, so let's just kind of throw people in a match together and see what sticks. Nothing's really stuck. And in this case, it just seems like this is more or less just kind of a glorified squash for Road Dog and Billy Gunn more so than anything because it's Los Barriquas. They're not going for a belt. But yeah, this is it's got to see for me, not so much blah, just kind of like, well, we showed up. Well, can I change my grade to H for house show? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, um, blah maybe would not have been the good word, just – Maybe it is. I can't think of anything better. I mean, I love these two. They're, one, like I said, my second favorite tag team of all time. And yes, I agree with you, Nick. They are much better once they get DX. Um, but still, they don't have music really yet. It's still just Road Dog come out talking, and he's not even doing his signature yet. But this, I just, maybe it was because it was Los Bariquas. There was no doubt in the outcome. Uh, the Bariquas are boring. Um I don't know. It just did not hit home with me, and it feels it pains me to give 
them a C, but that's apparently everybody thought. All right, well, let's move on to our main event of the night that Sergeant Chen made earlier. We are getting Sean Michaels. I will give you a show like you have never, ever seen before. Why? Because I can. Thanks, Sean. Versus the world's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. This, I'm not going to lie, this actually kind of delivered for me to cap the show off. Especially moving on, getting us into the Survivor Series. Um, We start off, because remember, last week, Shamrock had Bret Hart in the ankle lock, Hart slamming his hand on the mat. But the ref was somehow incapacitated because the foot whiffed by his face or something. I was refs are made of glass, but of course, Shawn Michaels comes in, gets involved and super kicks Shamrock out of his boots. So he doesn't win because Sean wants the title. Hmm. It's almost like they're doing the exact same thing with Austin Owen Hart. Hmm. But anywho, Shamrock's pissed. He jumped Shawn Michaels at the bell. Shamrock was dominating early. Um, until he takes a thumb to the eye, then Michaels takes back over. In the middle of the match, Shawn Michaels says, you know what the hell with this? Offers him a handshake, and then <laughs> Shamrock decides to pound the shit out of him. Uh, until China, Then China knocks Shamrock into the ring post. Rick Rude comes down. Uh, Shamrock gets the ankle lock, but China distracts the ref, while Rick Rude uses the Halliburton to the back. And then I didn't remember if this was a pin or a disqualification. I didn't write it down. It's how much it was a DQ, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Because Hebner saw it. Yeah. Hebner saw it DQ and then DX pounds the absolute hell out of Shamrock because that's just who they get their hands on tonight. Oh yeah. DX. I forgot. Break it down. Um, This one. For some reason, I like this one a little better. This one got a B plus for me. It wasn't the way I wanted to go sent into um, Survivor Series, but it's how we got here. That didn't make a lick. That made better. Sorry, my, my meds are kicking in right now. My head's starting to swirl. It's not. It's not the finish I wanted to get us to Survivor Series. But for this episode, it was what we got, and it was the best thing on this episode, in my opinion. In ring, like actual in ring, two guys wrestling wise. I like the heel finish with, uh, oh, well, screw it, just beat him in the back. Um, I kind of wish they would just let Sean go over clean because that way, when he goes in, he's got a win, a straight win in his back, in his back pocket. But from what we know at this point, remember, we have no idea who's winning Sunday still at this point. No, we don't know. Is Brett going to keep it and drop it the next night amicably or what the hell's going to happen? We have all the backstage knowledge what we know now, but in a bubble here, I don't I don't like, I just don't like Brett not being here. It was weird. This is a house show. That's why I'm going to stick with my grade though. I want to shut up about the house show thing. I'm beating a dead horse. This is a house show. Damn it. All right, Nick, what do you think? Um, 
I mean, this is it bad that the Kane and Ahmed match I thought was significantly better than the main event match. Like this was just to me, it was just kind of a letdown. Like, and it may be because I have you know I under I know what's coming up this weekend, so I you know I know like okay they're not going to go way into it they're not going to do some heavy stuff like i understand that but i just it i kind of saw how it was going to end before it even started and to me it, it was just i don't know it was just a letdown i gave it a c i wasn't too enthralled with it plus i was kind of hoping we'd actually get like a like a pin i mean it seems that out of all the matches only I think only two were actual pins. The rest were just like ended up in melees or disqualifications. Um, Aguila and Super Loco got a pin. Uh, yeah, that was but who only... cares about that match? Yeah, sure, that was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vader was a dog collar match. There was no pin there, which did end up in a scrum. The last one was by Hooker Crook and Mark Mara was a screwy finish so this there was no clean finishes tonight except for the one that nobody really cares about yeah so and i think just for that purpose um you know i didn't feel it was a it was a dignified match as well as it could have been especially considering you got shamrock and heartbreak kid it could have been better yeah because um let's just go ahead and pull the curtain back what we know there was a lot of talk backstage of this should have been Shamrock versus Hart and let Shamrock take the title off of Brett. And in hindsight, they probably, well, no, they probably, in a week hindsight, they probably said, yeah, maybe we should have done that. But overall, they're like, nope, we would have done it the exact same way. Screw Brett. But, but Brett screwed Brett, right? But anywho, yeah, the, the talkbacks in the booking meetings was this was supposed to be the get the belt off brett knight and that give it just give it to shamrock or do it at a house show which this is the night before or the saturday night but we all know we'll get there we're gonna have a big special episode on it folks um yada 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 yeah so what'd you think of this one arnold this glorious finish well um from the matches we've gotten so far to this point this seemed to be the most proper of the of the matches I think there may have been what four total, <laughs> maybe five. I kind of quit counting. There was actually five, one, two, three, four, five. Yep. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Of those matches, this seemed to be the most legit. Of those matches, if that makes sense. Like there wasn't a silly gimmick, or there wasn't a screwy finish. There wasn't. A light heavyweight tournament, and it was Sean versus Shamrock, who, in their own right, two of these guys are pretty big players in the uh, coming years in WWF in one way, shape, or form. And um, they put on a good show, like, and it was always interesting to me, you would think. I mean, Sean's going into Survivor Series as a European champion. The what? You know, the one belt has the, the flags of Europe on it. 
the one that's had like, oh, I don't know, two matches total in six months. Yeah, that's the one. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's where he just has a belt just to have a belt. But um, <laughs> I always thought it was weird. It's like, okay, so you're taking, so he's going into Survivor Series as your European champion. So what if he wins on uh, at Survivor Series? He's going to just have two belts. Because, I mean, this is a lower mid-card championship at best. Shawn Michaels is definitely not a lower mid-card guy. Well, you got to think, hold on, we don't know what this belt is yet. They haven't established it at all. It's nothing right now. We know it will become the lower mid-card belt. But right now, it's just uh, Davey Boy won the first, got it first, and then Brett stole it off of him, literally stole it off of him pretty much. So we don't know what this thing is. This could be, I mean, you've got it on one of your top guys. So right now it kind of has some prestige, except he never defends the thing. So it doesn't. So it's a prop right now and belts shouldn't be props. Pretty much. Is it pretty much? And I mean, this is one of those things. I mean, you kind of see it in the other company too, with the TV title. This is like, what, what does it mean? Do they get to be on TV every week? I don't understand. I don't know the gimmick. But... Well, the, well, the other one, they put on a joke, so it doesn't count. Mm-hmm. It's like, way to bury that belt. And apparently yeah. this belt had been around since the NWA days. So it's just yep. like, okay. And they cool. put it on Disco Idiot. Choke on a pretzel, Glenn. We'll go ahead and bury that while you're at it. But, I mean, the way this one ended, though, I mean, it was interesting because it's one of those ones where it's like, yeah, it would have been nice to see Sean go clean here. But at the same time, if you're pushing Ken Shamrock as the world's dangerous man, I mean, I guess to me that kind of makes sense. It's like maybe don't have him get pinned now. And, of course, Sean has help here, so you got to get DX involved. They're heels right now. So I mean, I mean for me the finish really didn't seem like there was. I mean, really not so much any other way. It'd be different if this was like 1994, like super mega babyface, sexy boy Shawn Michaels, you know, where it's like, oh, Shawn's like the greatest, and he's got a sweet chin music his way to WrestleMania, kind of thing. But we're seeing a whole different shot of Shawn Michaels here, and. uh Considering what they got in the new generation, I'm okay with it. B plus. <laughs> I can go with B plus. I can live with that. All right. Well, huh. no, not done. That means that's the end of this raw. Oh my goodness. So I will say this. This was, I know I poo-pooed at the beginning. This wasn't the worst Raw I've ever watched. That Germany house show can kiss my ass. <laughs> um, but I will say that I've had a lot more fun talking about it than I did watching it. And that's usually the case, but not always. Sometimes the, I don't know, sometimes it's equal. But this one was low and be far and away much more fun to talk about. Um. So let's let's go ahead and just give our overall grades for this. 
episode. Me, <sighs> 30 minutes ago, I'd have probably given it a B because it had its moments and it was okay. Then I realized, wait a minute, this is a house show. So I'm going to bump it down a little bit. This is going to get a C plus. It didn't do anything. And we'll do this here in a second. Arnold didn't make me in a bubble, not knowing what's going to happen in 1997 on November 3rd, did not make me want to buy a survivor series. It really just, it didn't. And Let's have to see where that goes from here. So C plus. What about you, Nick? I mean, yeah. If we're coming at it from a bubble, like I don't know what's happening at Survivor Series, I'd probably give it a C. Um, I think that the main redeeming quality for me, and this may just be me like emotionally projecting to when I was a kid is when they start when they did the sort of from genesis to up to survivor series of the feud between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels when they did that sort of retrospective and they went all up it um because i still think to me that's the essence of wrestling because in my mind i'm still unsure how much of their hatred was real and how much of it was like we need to play this up for the cameras kind of thing about 99 to one <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure they absolutely hated each other well but, i know they disliked each other but i mean hate to the point where like uh what was it bret hart was getting some award and was calling out sean michaels in the audience and i'm like was that staged like is this all like so for me, that that bumped it up, knowing what's coming up to a B. But yeah, if we're just going from a bubble standpoint, the only redeeming quality from this was that retrospective of them hating each other. The matches, whatever. I could you know I could go either way with the matches. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, to your point about Brett, you know, smacking Shawn Michaels by he's accepting an award. Um, yeah, that might be a little played up. You know, tried to get you know a little bit of heat there because we're gonna show it on Raw. But then you got to remember, Shawn Michaels decided to let the world and Brett's wife know that he was having a, an affair on national TV. <laughs> when he's talking about having sunny days, folks, there was nothing about clouds about in no, no, <laughs> um, oh, sunny and, days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Arnold, what do you think about this one? This is one of those ones where, yeah, like had I missed a few weeks of Raw and saw that this was the go-home for Survivor Series, I'm maybe thinking, hmm, uh, you know what I mean? Um, Like I said, the segments where they fell, I guess it didn't really matter where they fell. The segments made sense because, like I said, everybody involved with any of the segments we saw tonight are involved on Sunday in one way, shape, or form. With the exception of, of course, I think the Vader and Davey boy, I think they're in a Survivor Series match. And then, uh, of course, Sean is in the main event. Um, But outside of that, 
everybody else who's on the card that we know of so far were involved in extracurricular activities, I guess it were. And that part of the show was perfectly fine. Because, I mean, in that regard, that gets you hyped for the show. But the matches themselves is kind of, in the grand scheme, fell flat. With the exception of your main event. Which was fairly entertaining for what it was. Overall, though, uh, the show gets a C+. Yeah, I think we're all in pretty much agreement. Not the greatest way to send us home. All right, Arnold. So that brings us to the point. And Nick, you feel free to jump in here too. I'll ask you the question. We always play the game on our go home shows. We are, it's 19, it is November 3rd, 1997. We are, I was 13, almost 14 at the points. Arnold, you were what, seven? Let's see, it was 1997, November, I was nine. Nine. I forget how much of a baby you are. <sighs> Anywho. Uh, so yeah so we always pretend you know we're watching this and we don't have jobs or money so we have to go to mommy and say mommy 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 can we get this pay-per-view this sunday or eh, maybe we'll try to split it with a friend or i ain't watching this uh, we'll wait to the next one so arnold are we asking mommy for 40 dollars for this one in a bubble from 1997 i was gonna say in a bubble it's kind of a toss-up like it's one of those ones where maybe I'll see if any of my friends are getting it first and we'll go from there. Yeah. To me, this is a two match card. This is Austin, Hart, Brett, and Sean. I don't care about the Survivor Series. Team Canada plus Oklahoma versus USA. Don't care. Uh, Kane versus Mankind. Yeah. The buildup's more been about. Kane and Undertaker, so I don't really care about that one too much. I don't remember any of the other matches, so that tells you where I'm all Legion of Doom versus Nation of Domination. Matt Best. I think at best I'm wanting to split this one. Mm. I mean, it's two matches I really want to see, but yeah, I think I'm going to just want to split this one. Uh, what about you, Nick? What would you do in 1997? Okay, let me start out there. With what we know now, I think every one of us would be yeah. getting paying <laughs> buku bucks to watch this. Oh, yeah. I would trade my little brother to watch this, and I don't even have a little brother, but still, I would trade him to watch this if I knew what was going to happen. But in the bubble in 1997, Nick, would you want to watch this? Would you want to buy the pay-per-view, or are you just – waiting for the tape or he's going to see you in the next night on nitro or raw well, having lived through this and actually the survivor series i do remember not asking my mom to get it i was not anticipating <laughs> any big like summer slam was way i was way more interested in that um and yeah i i was not i was not built up to be like we got to get this something big's going to happen so yeah if if my friend had it I'd watch it, but no, I I was perfectly fine at the time just letting it go like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I think we'd all be disappointed on Monday night. And Arnold, I was telling Nick, this is the last Raw that I do not remember that I've never watched. 
because if you remember my story of where I got in wrestling, it. it was the night after Survivor Series. So this and I've never seen all mm-hmm. of Survivor Series. I've definitely seen the finale. I think we've all watched that at least once or twice. Um, but I've never seen the full mm-hmm. pay per view. So we will be that'll be new to me. And then the next night on Raw, I remember watching that. I don't know if I watched Nitro that night because I don't know if I knew Nitro existed yet. So I may still be in the dark on that one. Mm-hmm. Awkward pause for coughing. Um, so once in we get the next Monday's Raw, I'll be right back in the, hey, I remember I've seen this. Uh, so no more in the dark for me. I mean, I'm not saying I watched every Raw for the next so many years, but the majority of them, yeah, I didn't miss them. All right. Well, speaking of things we've already seen, we've seen enough of this show. You've probably listened to enough of us here, so we're going to go ahead and we'll start wrapping it up. Um, Nick, why don't you take this time and let our listeners know where they can listen to you, hear you, talk to you, interact with you on the Twitterverse or social webs and yada, 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 all the plugs. All the social webs. Uh, All the yeah. social webs. Follow me on Twitter at the Big Nick J. We have a fun time over there. Um, uh, I host uh, or I co-host Gag on this podcast. We interview local and traveling comedians uh, from all over the nation, sometimes Canada and stuff. Uh, we have a fun time doing it. That drops YouTube on Saturday. Uh, podcast platforms on Monday. Um, no need to follow that social media because i don't do anything with it i mean it exists if you want to you know (laughs) shoot me a follow sure um i was gonna you know what i was gonna plug my co-host forget my co-host just follow me at the big nick j don't follow anybody (laughs) else except me screw my (laughs) co-host do you know what your co-host is my (laughs) co-host yeah You know, the bad thing is I'm going to have to go back in the morning and bleep all those. But you know what? Oh, well. I love MJF. He's like the only modern wrestler. And I like, okay. (laughs) Sorry. MJF's like the only modern wrestler that I could, I really would say that I like. All right, Arnold. Uh, Oh, before you do our plugs, Arnold, I want to go ahead and I I teased earlier in the show that we're going to have a big special episode coming up. Uh, two, actually, I believe it might be our next episode out. There might be a, a Nitro before it. I'm not sure. But the winner of our contest, uh, Daniel Croxton, at, I think at Tee Man on Twitter, who won, is going to be joining us as a guest. And we're going to do something a little out of the ordinary, mainly because I had a scheduling screw up. But whatever. We're going to go back and review WrestleMania 1. Yeah, so see where it all started. And long, long ago when Hogan actually kind of gave a damn. But whatever. So yeah, so he's going to join us. We're going to review the very first WrestleMania. That should be a fun time. And our other special thing, which will happen in a few weeks, we are going to be joined by Tim from the FSF Popcast podcast to do Survivor Series up until the main event. We're not going to do the main event on that episode. 
the week after, we are going to have a roundtable discussion on the main event. Something happens. I'm not sure. Screw job or Brett screws Brett. I don't know what the hell happens. But we're going to have a lot of our former um, guests coming back. We're going to have uh, Tim from the Designated Quizzers podcast, Russ from Infectious Grooves coming back, uh, Million Dollar Geek, he'll be back. Um, I think Arnold's your mom still coming back. No, she left to get milk a while back. I haven't seen her since. Oh, okay. No, so no. We're going to have a lot of guests back, a lot of talk. It'll be however long about talking about just the screw job part of it and what that all means to us. Maybe there's some conspiracy theories thrown around. I don't know. Maybe it was all a work. I don't know. Scott Hall seems to think so. But yeah, so that'll be coming up. Look forward to that. That's going to be, I think, a lot of fun. A lot of guys just getting together and just shooting some shit. All right, Arnold, I'm going to hit the music here and you can go ahead and go through all of ours and don't forget our new one. I make no promises. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, you can find us on the Twitter page and the Instagram at AEWR pod. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe. Check us out on YouTube a, at Attitude Era Wrestling Review. And uh, Patreon, where Drew sells feet picks, And maybe thinking of some uh, new stuff for you guys there. So uh, feel free to give us a look there on Patreon, patreon.com. $3 a month, folks. That's all it is. Thank you. I forgot the price. Slash Attitude Era Wrestling Review Podcast? Just Attitude Era Wrestling Review. Attitude Era Wrestling Review. You heard it here, folks. We'll catch you on the flip side. Drew, take us out. All right. So for Nick from the Gag on This Podcast and Arnold, the man with the velvet vocal cords, I am Drew. We are on our backs looking up the likes. Nick, count us out. Ten, nine, no, one, two, three. Oh, we're I on our you backs. Were like count out of the ring. I'm an idiot. No, we're on our backs looking up the likes. Oh, one, two, three. Peace. Yeah. That'll do.